So I just wanted to get together with you guys and girls um, to just talk about the AMI model because uh, how many of you have never been to my office in, in Tennessee? That's most of you. So um, we're realizing it's got to be a little bit difficult to try to imagine even the ones who've been there, unless you were there as much as you were, you were there for what, three months? Mm -hmm. It's difficult to imagine what it actually does and what it actually creates. And if you knew that, it would probably be easier for you to disseminate that idea to other people. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. So I know a lot of you have heard my story, so I'm not going to go into that, but I just want to tell you <coughs> the actual doingness of what we do. So um, the most common thing we treat is chronic degenerative arthritis. And that happens to be the number one ailment that human beings suffer with in the world. Did you know that? No. Not at all, actually. Well, if you look at one segment of chronic degenerative arthritis and you just say low back pain, low back pain, according to the Archives of Internal Medicine and according to JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, is the number two reason to be in the hospital. You know what number one is? To be born. <laughs> Seriously. So how many people go to the hospital to be born? Not everybody, but most everybody, right? Number two is back pain. Um, if you look at it, back pain is like the number one disabler, number one reason to miss work. It's the number two reason to go to your family doctor. What's number one? Cold. Common cold. That's right. Mm -hmm. So you look at it, you go, that's a lot of people having problems with that. And it is. So I had this realization when I got hurt years ago, when I was doing that job, you know, doing sales, um, and I ended up changing my career and going back to school to become a chiropractor, I started learning about a whole new world that I didn't know anything about, and that world was healthcare. Now, my wife, who I had met and we fallen in love and we had gotten married, um, was in healthcare. <coughs> Excuse me, that was my first introduction to it. But I started, you know, just from an outside observer, somebody who was trained in marketing, somebody who looked at business from a marketer's point of view, looking at healthcare, looking at the business of healthcare. That's how I went into my field. And that, I think, has been really, really helpful to me in being successful in my field because I don't look at it as a doctor. Somebody grew up wanting to be a doctor. I look at it from a marketer. So how does a marketer look at, at anything? Who's the public? What is the public? What does the public want? What is the public looking for? What interests the public? What would satisfy a need of the public? And that's how I was looking at it, and that's how I've always looked at it. So I got into healthcare, and I started realizing, well, you know, most people think when you go to the doctor, you get what? Drugs. Is that physical or chemical? Chemical. Chemical, right? So most people think that disease problems are chemical, right? If you look at it from the public's point of view, most people have that perception. Where did they get that perception? TV. TV and doctors. But mostly TV, right? Do you know that it's against the law to advertise pharmaceuticals in every country in the world except for two? Did you know that? New U.S. and New Zealand are the only two allowed. Wow. Did you know that? Because of that. Because you can change people's perceptions about things to where it's maybe not even in their best interest. So the reason everybody in this country walks around thinking, well, everything is chemical, is because that's what we've been taught by really slick salespeople. And I started realizing, so who's to say everything is chemical? First of all, you know, there's three things that cause disease. And, or cause health. Let's look at that because people don't really look at what causes health. What causes health is being balanced spiritually, chemically, and physically. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. If you have a health problem, one of those have to be out. Can somebody be unbalanced spiritually and have a health problem? Sure. Yeah. When a husband is married for 50 years and a spouse dies, when does he usually die? 
right. Sure. Yeah. Six months later. Yeah. Why is that? Spiritually. Spiritually, yeah, he's lost. He's lost his soulmate. He's lost his life companion, and he doesn't know how to continue on. So he gives up, and he, he all of a sudden he can change his chemical balance with that perception. Ken thought. Then this is the way I thought when I got into healthcare. Ken thought create health problems. Can thought affect your health? Yes. Now, what do you think the most people think? No. No. And what I used to say to people when I was talking to an audience, I'd say, have you ever been in a stressful situation? Yeah. Yeah. Did you start to sweat? Yeah. So let me ask you again. Can a mental condition cause a physical change? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great example. Absolutely. So then I started thinking, okay, spiritual, chemical, we all know about that. What's the main input for chemical? What is the main thing that you would ha- affect your chemistry of your body? The main thing. Hormones or yeah. What are you made of? Water. 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 Space dust. <laughs> you talk to the top physicists, the top scientists on Earth, and they say everything on this planet came from space dust. Everything. What do we eat? Space dust. What do we eat? Food. Where's it grown? Dirt. Dirt, which is? Space. Space Do you understand that? This isn't me making this up. This is like me catching some story with this top astrophysicist saying, everything on this planet came from somewhere else in outer space. The top physicist in the world says everything on Earth came from space dust. Everything. The food you eat, whether you eat meat, where did that meat get its food? Space dust. Eight stuff growing out of the ground, growing out of the ground. So you got to start looking at it and go, okay, so chemistry is primarily made up of what we're putting in our body. We're living on this planet. We're growing stuff on this planet. Other stuff is eating it. We're eating it. We're eating the other stuff that eats that stuff. That's what we're made of. Our physical chemical makeup is made up of what this planet is. So what we put in our body has a huge impact, right? So how much training in nutrition do medical doctors typically get? It's less than 10% of medical schools teach one hour of health, of nutrition. Less than 10% of medical schools. That's ridiculous. So I'm going, wait a minute, why is that? And then I started looking, the same people are telling us that all problems are chemical are the ones funding the medical schools. And they're telling them the way to fix things is write a prescription to change the chemistry. You're depressed, that's chemical imbalance. That's never been proven. You're hyperactive, that's chemical imbalance. That's never been proven. You get disease because you get exposed to chemicals or things that live off those chemicals. So we'll put these chemicals in your body and it'll prevent it, we'll call it immunizations. Do you know they've never been checked to see if they work? Did you know that? So all this stuff's going on in healthcare, I'm going, when are they gonna get to like the physical part? Like physically, can it cause a health problem? I'm going, okay, I'm a chiropractor. So how did chiropractic get started? I, I had an injury to my neck. I was temporarily paralyzed, scared the crap out of me. I knew my neck was injured. I had pain going down my arm, pain going upside the he- my head. Went to a chiropractor. I didn't tell him I had headaches before I ever had this injury. Just thought headaches were normal. I only had the normal amount of headaches, which is how much? What's the normal amount of headaches? No idea. Yeah, there is normal. According to the American Headache Foundation. I don't know, one a month? Once or twice a year. I'm going, oh, I was way over. I was like, like, the days I didn't have a headache were amazing. And when I started getting adjusted, no more headaches. Like that, I was like, that's why I went to chiropractic school. It wasn't for the neck injury and the arm. It was like, I never told him about my headaches. My headaches went away when he started working on me. 
So obviously my headaches were actually a physical thing. I thought it was chemical because when I was under stress, I'd get it. And I was told when you're under stress, your hormones change, right. therefore you get head. But it was, he did something physical and it went away. So obviously it was something physical. So I started realizing, well, that was physical. That was physical. You have a problem with your body that could be physical. Then I started thinking, okay, I go to chiropractic school and I learned that the way chiropractic was discovered, you know what that, how it was discovered? No. So in 1895, there was a magnetic healer named um, D.D. Palmer. Now magnetic, magnetic healing, do you know anything about it? No. I know very little. But magnetic healing is there's electricity in your body and magnets affect electricity. You know this, right? Yeah. Okay. If you take a, a magnet and put it up against one of those screens, you'll see all kinds of weird lines on the screen, right? Okay, because it's affecting electricity in the screen. So what they thought was, if somebody has a, an ailment with their body, which back then, the public thought most ailments were physical. You have a problem with your arm, there's improper electricity in your arm. You have a problem with your leg, there's improper electricity in your leg. So they would use magnets to try to change the electricity, and that's what this guy was doing. Now, some people say, that's hocus pocus. That's what they put, that's how they discovered MRIs. MRIs is me measuring the polarity of all your cells and taking a picture of it. Mm -hmm. And when you have diseased cells, the polarity is different. Mm -hmm. So apparently, there was truth to it. Mm -hmm. So this guy, D.D. Palmer, was a magnetic healer, and he had a practice, and he was treating people, and he was getting results. And I know he was getting results because... My practice in Pennsylvania, now I'm going to tell you guys something about this. I think it is my duty to do what I do because I've been put in situations where I learn things that the average person, the average chiropractor never learns. For example, two miles away from my office was a place called New Bolton Center. Have you ever heard of it? It is the premier veterinary hospital in the country. When Bruce Springsteen's horse got injured, his $50 million horse, that's where it went. When that... Um, that top breeding stallion got injured and they had to put it down because it was hurting a race. Do you remember that? Yeah, I don't remember the name. That's where, they, that's where they put it down. Wow. So I did lectures in that hospital. I had their doctors and their nurses as patients. And they used magnetic blankets on horses, on million-dollar racehorses, because they got results with it. They had treadmills for horses to run in water. It was so cool. The, the huge treadmill in a pool, and the horse out there galloping, whoosh, splashing away. That's how they trained them. It was like so outside the box. But I got to deal with these people and work with them, right? So I started looking at things different. I'm going, okay, so Dee Dee Palmer was doing this magnetic stuff, and this guy comes in, and he's deaf. And he could hear a little bit, but he had to like get right up to his ear and talk to him real loud, like right up to his ear. And, like he'd hold up a watch and can't hear it. And that guy's name was Harvey Lillard, Lillard. And he conversed with him and found out that he wasn't born deaf. He lost his hearing after injuring his neck when he was a younger guy. And it, over the years it got worse and he'd been to all the specialists in Chicago and this is in Davenport, Iowa. He'd been to specialists in Chicago and all these different cities. Nobody could help him. So he convinced him to let him manipulate his neck and he got his hearing back on the spot. Wow. And Harvey Lillard's family to this day run the Harvey Lillard Society. Why'd you never hear about this? Because it doesn't sell drugs. It's not chemical. It's physical. And I went, you mean the first adjustment was for somebody who had deafness and it was caused by a physical problem? Doesn't, isn't that mind-blowing? Yeah. So then my question was, well, what was the second thing? <laughs> what do you think it was? Second thing he worked on that responded. Back pain? Sinuses. Huh? 
Chiropractic wasn't even invented for back pain. It's been pigeonholed into back pain because nobody knows what to do for back pain. And you know you're going to get those people on drugs anyway, so let's let the chiropractors have the back pain. Right? Because they can't make us go away because we got such good results. So I started having this occur. I had somebody come into my office and they're like, I, 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 I don't know what the hell you did to me, but like, I can hear. That stuff I couldn't hear before. I had to take my hearing aid out. I went to my audiologist and they're like, you don't need a hearing aid anymore. What are you doing different? I went to a chiropractor. We'll keep going. That's what he said to her. That's a true story. I'm like, yeah. really? Huh? Then I have a woman come in and she comes in and all my staff is like, Oh crap, I'm like, what? That's Mrs. Coldiron. Who's Mrs. Coldiron? Maybe I shouldn't use that name. She was the meanest teacher they had. And she comes in and they're all my staff, like when they were in high school, in Kenneth Square High School, they're like running from her because they don't want to be. And she comes in and she was like kind of stern. And um, I, I forget what her complaint was, but it wasn't what she told me the next day. She comes in the next day and goes, where is he? Where is he? And I'm in the back, like looking for an x-ray and I'm looking up at the front and she's going, where is he? Where is he? And she sees me. She goes, you. And I'm going, oh crap. And she goes walking back like, this. what'd you do to my nose? This is a true story as exactly as I can remember it. What'd you do to my nose? I didn't do nothing to your nose. What'd you do to my nose? I can smell. What? Wow. I haven't been able to smell in 25 years. I can smell. You adjusted me yesterday. I woke up today. I can smell. I'm like, wow. really? <laughs> she turned out to be the nicest lady. All the people who went to high school with her, she was mad because she couldn't smell. And all my staff now loved her. That's a true story. I'm like, holy crap. Then another guy comes in. Guy comes in. He was about my age, much balder than I am now. And he goes, so uh, I came here because I have alopecia. And I'm like going, alopecia, that's like a fancy word for baldness. And he goes, so I want you to cure it. And I'm like, I, I can't cure baldness. Now, at the time, I had a full head of hair. So um, He goes, no, my wife is, uh, works at the library at the school, and she looked it up, and see, let, let, me, let me just show you. And he takes out a picture. He goes, this was me at Christmas. Now, it's March. He had a full head of hair. I'm like, what happened to you? He goes, I have alopecia. My hair all fell out. Like in January, every day I'd take a shower, my feet would be covered with hair. In like three weeks, I was bald. Like that. My whole head. I'm like... Holy crap, he had like a little bit of hair here. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? He goes, well, I went to um, a dermatologist and my wife was working in the library at school and she did research and she said, chiropractors have some results with alopecia. So I asked the dermatologist and he laughed and said, um, save your money, take your wife to dinner. I'm gonna do some injections in your scalp. So for the last three months, I've been getting injections of steroids in my scalp. And I went to him today and he said, well, obviously this isn't gonna work, so you should go to the chiropractor. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no baldness adjustment. He's like, well, he said you could help me. And I'm like, I'm thinking he was trying to ditch him, right? So now I got him. <laughs> so I'm like, Jim, I don't, I don't think it's going to work. Look, here's the deal. I'll look and see if you have a problem with your neck. Now, I showed him a nerve chart. This is where the nerves go to your scalp, and I'll especially look there. But I'm not fixing your baldness. There's nothing I can do to fix your baldness. I'm just going to work in your, your neck if you got a problem. Examine him, sure enough, he's got what we call a subluxation at C1. I take an x-ray, it's totally out of place. I'm like, holy crap, what's the chance of that? So I start adjusting him. And this guy would come in, he'd come in like this. It's working. I'd be like, no, it isn't. <laughs> he goes, no, 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 look, let me get the light up here. You get down low and look at my head. And I remember I'd be on, this went over like time after time. I'm going, no, nah, I don't think so, Jim. I don't think so, Jim. And one day I'm down there going like, holy crap. And he had fuzz coming in. And I'm like, I didn't see this before. He goes, I've been telling you, I've been telling you, it's coming in. Huh. And his hair grew back 
completely. Wow. Like full head of hair. Wow. Now when it came back in, he had gray hair. And in the picture he showed me from January, he had dark hair. So I'm like, okay, this is really bizarre. So why do you think your hair came in gray? He goes, I don't know, but if you look at the roots, they're all brown. And it actually grew in brown after that. And he, when he got his hair cut, he was back to the way he looked. And when he left, he said, here's a picture, here's a present for you. I've documented pictures every week since January. And we laid them out. And he goes, that's when I started chiropractic. And you look at it and go, that's when the hair started growing back. So those pictures were actually a negotiating point on the sale of my practice. Wow. 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 Actually, because what happened was in that little town, people started hearing, and a girl comes in, 20 years old, she's got a bandana on. My friend, my, my front desk girl goes, That's my friend. She heard what you did for Mr. Jim, so she's here to get her hair back. I'm like, What? What did you tell her? And she's like, No, and the girl's sitting there, like, so she takes it off. I got no hair. I'm like, so I started adjusting her, and her hair grew back. Wow. And I'm like, holy crap, how did this happen? Who was to say that it couldn't be physical? Then I started looking up alopecia, and there's a condition with stress that makes your hair fall out. Like, and sometimes it's in patches. You see people with patches. But there's another condition where it falls out all over, and these people had it. So one day, we had a, a, a patient who was a vice president of sales of a very large insulation company. I don't want to use the name. Um, but he was vice president of the Eastern United States. He was a really top guy in this company. And he's in the waiting room with his wife with a bandana on her head. I'm like, okay. So I walk in. I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And started talking to her and said, this is what, what's happened. And, you know, I'm not treating your hair. And she takes off. I'm like, wow, holy crap. Um, we're not going to treat that. What we're going to do is let's see if you have a problem with your neck. And we're going to, and I was kind of cocky about it. And I started adjusting her and nothing happened. I adjusted her and nothing happened. I adjusted her and nothing happened. I adjusted her and nothing happened. And finally, after like a month of that, I'm like, okay, Mary. So, uh, I, I don't know why it's not working. It worked for all these other people. I've had like four people with this condition. It's not working for you. I don't know why it is. And her husband goes, tell him, Mary. I'm like, what? And, uh, Mary's mother died, and Mary's father moved in with us. Mary hits her father, and that's when her hair fell out. It was like mental, chemical, physical. I just had an education on not everything is physical. I'd be wrong if I said that, right? Just like they're wrong that they say everything's chemical. We're talking about the drug companies advertising. So you got to look at it and say, what's the cause of the problem? Mental, chemical, or physical? So it was that attitude that made us decide to become integrated. We realized that people were, they'd come in, we'd treat them, they'd go, I feel great, this is the best thing ever happened, I was going to get back surgery, you didn't have to get it, and then maybe a year later, it'd come back, it started hurting again. Well, that bothered me, that that would come back in, and, and you know, instead of saying, well, if you've been doing your exercise, see, that's why, it's your fault, not my fault. <laughs> I started going, what is it? What is it that I'm missing? And we started doing research, and that's how we came upon the research for upper cross and lower cross syndrome. So our clinic is designed to take people who have physical problems, which in my opinion, after 30 years of practice, is the number one, maybe number two, cause of health problems. I would, I would used to say number one, now I say it's probably number two. Number one is mental. Just from the longer you live, the more you see, the more you see people reacting to problems in their life and how it affects their health, you know that that is probably the biggest component. And chemical is the least. In fact, we are so damn resilient that I can't believe people put crap in their mouth that they put in their mouth 
like Twinkies and other crap that they eat, and they still function. <laughs> but our body is so friggin' amazing that it can take that crap and still run off of it. Yeah. It's like you got this spaceship and you run out of rocket fuel, so you start ripping the carpet up off the floor and stuff it in the engine and it works. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. So chemical is the least, but not to be completely ignored. But chemical is the least. I would say mental is first, structural is second. What we treat in AMI is structural cause problems. And we don't cure anything. What we do is balance the body and let the body heal itself. Do you understand that? That's how it works. So what we've noticed and what we've learned from our research is when somebody injures their back, no matter where it is, and I've told you all this before, the first thing you do is what? Shift the head forward. Very good, Trevor. Head goes forward. And that does a complete change because the body is balanced like this. My head should be over top of my shoulders, which should be over top of my hips. If we draw a gravity weight line, there's certain points that have to hit that gravity weight line. And what you'll notice if you start doing this, people, because in our clinic we have a computer that takes a picture and marks, you mark all those points, and it draws where their gravity weight line is and where it should be. And almost everybody is going into this. Almost, like 98%. Do you understand that? So what happens is you injure the spine, shift your head forward. Why do we injure the spine so much? Because we're having fun. Huh? Because we're having fun. That's a correct answer. But I got two chiropractors in the room, I won't pick on them. Um, we injure the spine so much because it's the most complicated orthopedic structure in the body. If you look at it, between each vertebral segment, there's not one joint. There's like what? Nine pairs of joints or some ridiculous number when you I remember when I hear it every time I hear it, I go that can't be but when you start looking at it There's a lot of different articulations between two vertebrae. It's not just sitting there like this move 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 They have articulations. They have points of pivoting. It's a very complex structure Plus in the middle of it. You have the computer that runs your body running through it Do you understand that? Yeah. So the idea is this you could have the best outlook in life and you could be eating crap and still be healthy now, I don't advocate that. You'd be better off eating good stuff. But if you eat good stuff and you have the best outlook in life, you could still have a physical component because you're putting pressure on that, that nervous system. That nervous system is like a relay system. I believe, and I've always believed this, the brain is not the computer of the body. The brain is the relay center that it's the, the, the being or the spiritual side that actually sends that information into the brain and throughout the body. And the first time I had that cognition is when I was doing anatomy in school and we had to dissect human bodies for a year. And I'm looking at all these bodies and we're cutting on them. I'm like, hmm, you know, you start wondering, everything's there, but not everything's there. Like everything's there, all the components are there, same as a live person, but he can do stuff and this person's dead. What's the difference? And it's that extra being. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. So that being gets its signal into our body through the brain, which is like a receiver, and then it sends it out the wires. Well, if you have something pressing on the wires, like for example, have you ever had the experience where you had an electrical cord and then somebody put something very, very heavy on it? Mm -hmm. Anybody ever seen what happens with that? Yeah. What happens? Shorts out. It shorts out or it starts getting really hot on the wire because the electricity can't get through because of the pressure. Mm -hmm. The pressure is resistance. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing like anybody here have a boat? And if you get corrosion on a wire in a boat, what'll happen is it's harder for that electricity to get through. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. So if you get any pressure on your nervous system, which actually does conduct electricity, 
Did you know that? That's what an EMG is. EMG is measuring the amount of electricity that's getting into the muscle. An EKG is measuring the amount of electricity that gets to the heart. An EEG is measuring the amount of electricity coming out of your brain. Right? That's what all these tests are. So you have this electrical signal coming out of your brain, going through your body, and if it can't get there, you're gonna have problems. And the most complex structure in your whole body is the most commonly injured. And that's what protects that system. Do you see that? Yeah. So looking at this physical aspect, I go, that's a pretty huge component. Not the biggest component, but definitely number two. Chemical is last. But we've shifted away from the other two and we focus everything on chemical and blame it on chemical. So we can sell chemical. That's basically what it comes down to. So what we're trying to do is say, look, if we can get this physical pressure off of this electric system that delivers these messages, that body would work better and have less need for the chemical and they could probably eat more junk and still be healthy. But I wouldn't advocate that. <laughs> Do you understand that? Yeah. So we're looking at the most common cause of health problems. I had a guy come into my practice, I am not kidding you, and I'm sitting there doing the interview with him, I said, Anthony, so you know, what are you hoping to get out of this visit? Because he came in as a free patient to just, he's like, listen, God sent me here. I'm like, oh, here we go. God sent me here because I was in a car accident and this is going to pay for my care. And I know that my family needs a big settlement because I am on a heart transplant list. I have about a year to live. They've moved me every time they check me. They've moved me up on a heart transplant list. I have a bad heart. I'm not going to make it. Now, this is a big imposing guy, right? And, and to, to paint this picture for you, I'll describe him in a minute. So I start treating him and he's going, he'd come in and he'd say, I feel like I have more energy. I feel like I'm more alive. I don't know what you're doing to me, but I feel like I'm more alive. Now he was a black guy. He was about this tall and he used to wear a white fuzzy vest and a cowboy hat just to paint the picture for you, right? So very intimidating looking, but he had a bad heart and I really got to like him and he really got to like me. So one day I'm really busy at my practice. I had to grab some food. I didn't have a lot of time. I ran down the street to this convenience store that made sandwiches. I got a sandwich. I'm waiting in line and my practice had grown really big in my town. And everybody in my town started to know who I was. So I was just buying my sandwich and the lady behind the counter is going, oh, here's the big chiropractor with all his money coming to buy a sandwich with us, with us lowly poor people. Oh, look at the chiropractor. Now we're talking, there's more people in this store than in this room right now. And she's saying this to me and I'm standing in line with my money in my hand and my sandwich like, I got like 10 minutes to wolf this down and get back to work. And this lady's bitching at me. And I'm just sitting there taking it, listening. And a hand comes on my shoulder and pulls me out of the way. And here's Anthony in his fuzzy vest and his cowboy hat. And he says, let me tell you what this man did for me. Because when he went back to get checked out, they took him off the heart transplant list. Wow. They said, we don't know what you did, but your heart's working and you do not need a heart transplant anymore. So I didn't say a word yet. Paid her my money. She's like this. Give me my change. I go out in my car. I get my car. And here I look in the store and all these people are like this. And he's gone. <laughs> and off I went. So I want you to understand it because that's what really drove me to what we do. I realized we've shifted from mental and chemical causation of health problems, I'm sorry, mental and physical causation of health problems, which are by far more prevalent than chemical, just to sell chemicals. And that is a crime against humanity. Because when you do that, these chemicals mess these people up. Do you understand that? And so my drive has always been to balance that, to actually get people well by figuring out, well, what is it? And Mary, 
I could adjust you till the damn cows come home, but until you get your dad out of your house, your hair's not coming back in. That would be healthcare, right? And, you know, Anthony, you can go get your heart cut out and have somebody else's heart put in, but if the signal isn't there, you're probably going to die anyway. We get the signal corrected, you might still need to get that surgery, but at least now you got the right signal. Do you understand that? Yeah. So when people come in and they start to go through this posture, just think about it from an engineering point of view. You would have to use your muscles differently. Have you ever seen a picture of all the muscles of the human body? Okay, there's a lot of them, right? And some of them are designed to hold you up, and some of them are designed to move you. And what happens is they have different ways that they function. It's really hot in here. Can we open a window? Is that all right with you guys? Yeah. Okay. So what happens is people start using their muscles differently to hold themselves up, and they develop what's called trigger points. Raise your hand if you ever heard of a trigger point. That should work good. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm glad, glad you asked that. So basically, you have muscles that are designed to hold you up, and they're small little muscles that pretty much run up and down your spine and around your pelvis, and they hold you up, right? These muscles are designed to have long-term contraction. Think about it. If it's a muscle that's holding you up, does it have to be real strong to move something, or has it got to have endurance to hold you up? Endurance. endurance, right. Yeah. But then you have muscles that you use for moving something. Would they have to have strength or endurance? Right. So if I take a bowling ball, how much does a bowling ball weigh? Eight pounds. Eight pounds. And I hold it out here. How long could I do it? Thank you. I love you too. How long? Not, he's probably more correct, a couple seconds. Because in a few seconds, you're going to start to try to use different muscles because it's going to start to fatigue and you can't do it, right? How much is your head weigh? Eight pounds. Eight to twelve pounds. And how long have you held it up today? All day. All day. And it's not sticking on a pile of bones because those bones are in a curve. The muscles are holding it up. So these muscles are designed to hold your head up all day. And these muscles are designed to move, but they get exhausted. So what happens is when you shift your posture, you start recruiting the muscles of movement to hold the bowling ball up. And all of a sudden, they start screaming at you. The muscles get really tight, they start hurting, and people will come in and go, I'm hurting right here, right here. And then you work on it and make you feel better. Oh, it feels better. And then it comes right back the next day because they're holding themselves the wrong way. Do you understand that? Yeah. Our rehab program is designed to not just address the muscles that are overworking, but the muscles that became weak that should be holding you up. So like the deep neck flexors, that's what really you should be using to hold your head up, not your traps. So when the head goes forward, you start recruiting the muscles in the back. That's why people get trigger points. Like if I went in around the room and started checking people right here, started to see, you have trigger points right there, like that, like that, like that. Definitely. Most people get their trigger points back there because their head is starting to go forward. Our rehab program is designed to bring that back. Do you understand that? Yeah. If you ever see me on a discovery day and I show a before and after picture of a patient, that's actually my office manager. Her neck was like this, facing that way, and a year later, her neck was like that, facing that way, perfect curve. Wow. Do you understand that? And it's because we did a combination of rehab plus adjustments plus trigger points. Here's where the medical comes in. They can inject those trigger points. Those muscles get so tight that your body starts to lay scar tissue in them so that you don't have to contract the muscle anymore so it's less painful and it becomes a permanent tightness, which means now that muscle is weaker, shorter range of motion, but has tremendous endurance. It converted. And if you do that to all your muscles, you'll go from being able to do all this to being like this. <laughs> right? That's the process. That process is not normal. 
That's your body converting into all postural muscles. Weak, short range of motion, no strength, no posture. That's what happens. Then when that happens, other things start to happen. When you go like this, everybody go like this right now. Now, in that position, take a deep breath. Okay, now everybody sit here. In that position, take a deep breath. Which one gets more oxygen to your brain? Exactly. That one, right. So the guy who's like this all day is depriving his oxygen in the brain. And what would you get from that? Like Headaches. Alzheimer's. Yeah. Senility. Yeah. Lack of oxygen to the brain. Right? Somebody's like this all day. The heart now has more pressure on it. The heart's working. Now it's got to work against this weight on it. Right? So the heart's going to grow and get what's called cardiomegaly. And that can lead to heart disease. What's the leading cause of death in the United States? Heart disease, right? Is dementia up or down in terms of numbers? Up. up, right. So you also stretch the esophagus. When you stretch the esophagus, there's a tube that starts in your mouth called the esophagus, goes all the way through your body, and food goes in and waste comes out. Everybody got that picture? Yeah. <laughs> to get all that through, you have what's called peristalsis. These are concentric rings that go like this and basically milk that food all the way through your intestines, all the way out. What was discovered is if you stretch the esophagus, it slows down peristalsis. It now takes longer for food to go through your body, which means it would stay longer in your colon, which can cause colon cancer and digestion problems. Do you understand that? So, and this is all the most common things people have now. And I'm going, well, how come nobody ever identified these as possible physical problems? Because it doesn't sell drugs. So the whole purpose of AMI is to change that. Stem cells help, great. And there's a temptation for a lot of guys, and you'll hear this, where people go, I want to do a stem cell clinic. And stem cells are great, because see what happens is, you remember the disease timeline? Yeah. Yeah. Symptoms show up at the end, not in the beginning? Yeah. Okay, so what happens is, that's the same with arthritis. You can have degeneration going on and not feel it until, like if this is supposed to be how the joint is, you don't feel it until it's like this. And then all of a sudden you start getting this pain in your knee or your back or whatever, and you go, well, why is this happening all of a sudden now? Well, you got 25 years of degeneration. But I didn't have this last year. That's the way it is. Symptoms show up at the end. What stem cells have been able to do for us is in most cases buy back 15 years. Somebody's got a 30-year-old or a 20-year-old degenerative problem, you can buy back like 15 years and make them like they were 15 years ago. Who wouldn't like that? But it doesn't fix them. What fixes them is the rehab and the injections for the trigger points and the chiropractic. Do you understand that? Yeah. So if somebody does just stem cells, that's great. But basically what they're saying is I'll get people to feel better, it's safer than drugs, I'll make a lot of money at it, but they're not actually fixing them. See, my end game is to get people to realize we gotta fix the whole thing. And if we do, healthcare, if America recognizes it, Healthcare is going to shift. People are going to go, like I did, why was everything chemical? Oh, to sell drugs. If we get America to have that cognition, we will change the entire industry of healthcare. What's it take to get America to have that cognition? A lot of results. A lot of results. How many results? What percentage of population? Huh? 15. So what's the percentage chiropractic got? In 135 years that we've been at it, what's the percentage we got? 15. 10. Only 10% of the population go to a chiropractor. The, medical, or the pharmaceutical industry did a whole lot to get people afraid of chiropractic, 
That, and the number one reason they don't go is not because they think it's dangerous, it's because they think we over-recommend care. Because we're using different parameters. We're saying, wait a minute, we're just not trying to get you out of pain, we're trying to fix the problem. Why do I gotta come in here when I feel no pain? Because the problem isn't fixed. How do you know that? Because we've been measuring on this re-exam we do every two weeks. That's one of the things we teach at AMI. We teach chiropractors how to put something in their practice that they can now measure when they discharge a patient, this person is fixed, or as much as they're ever gonna be fixed. I, I don't have a lot of time, but I do make time. I create time, and some of you guys are going, well, you didn't give me time this week. But, <laughs> but we do a lot to make time. I mean, Colin and I are running six businesses. Six different businesses, big ones. AMI is not the biggest one. So we, you can create time, but you gotta be able to get systems in place to do that. Do you understand that? Yeah. So um, I'm not a big fan of Jeff Bezos, but the guy did, did take systems to an ultimate level, right? He started off packing books in a box in his parents' garage. That's what he did, he sold books on the internet. He had this crazy idea, I'll sell books on the internet. That was never his goal. His goal was to sell everything on the internet. Did he accomplish his goal? Yep. Pretty much. Does he pack any boxes? No. None. <laughs> None. Why? Because he has systems. So we're not telling them they're going to become the next Jeff Bezos, but what we're telling these guys is, you want more out of life? you got to get multiple things happening at one time. And because you're an expert in healthcare, the physical aspect of healthcare, you're in, in a position where you should be the person who does that. Right? We're not going to let the chemist who looks at everything from a view like this, everything is a chemical, what causes depression? Lack of chemical. I'll show you how off the base they are. Have you ever heard of serotonin? Yeah. Okay, and serotonin is a chemical that's in your brain that they say causes happiness. That's not, that's not true. You make serotonin when you're happy. Yeah. That's the way it works. Do you understand that? Yeah. So what is their answer? Give you more serotonin. No, that's what everybody thinks. That's the big lie. SSRI. SSRI, which does what? It's a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It does not make more serotonin. It actually, in the long run, makes less serotonin. But what it does is it traps the serotonin you have in your brain and makes it work overtime, which is why people have thoughts that they can't control because they're being overstimulated. Do you understand that? One of the side effects of these drugs is delusions of grandeur, which means they get these big ideas and they can't stop the concept. They start thinking a thought like, I'll give you an example. Let's say Colleen and I are sitting in the airport and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at something and I look up and I see a guy looking at my wife. Okay, as a normal person, I go, that guy's looking at my wife. Yeah, lucky me. And I go back to work. <laughs> right? But when you cannot control your thought process, it goes something like this. That guy's looking at my wife. What did my wife do? What did that guy do? I gotta do something about this. I, I, I gotta stop. I gotta. I, I think I gotta kill my wife and I gotta kill that guy. <laughs> you think you laughing? Then I gotta kill myself. Wow. That's called delusions of grandeur. You cannot stop the thought process. That's what happens to these people because they're trapping that chemical in a place it should be evacuated from. That's how you control your thought process. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. So that's why. You know, when you're in, in Iraq or you're in Afghanistan, you get wounded, you're the property of the military, right? right? You don't have the right to say what you're going to get. So you are put in the, Pro, they used to call it the Prozac tent, but now they have all these other drugs. They put them in a, a tent where they have to take these antidepressants because you got wounded. You must be depressed. No, I feel fine. Well, I know you, nobody gets wounded and they're not feeling fine. Here's some drugs. What's the end result of that? How many suicides? 122 per day. 122 per day. Oh. 
More people died from suicide in those last two wars than died in the war. Did you know that? So that's what we get from having a chemical cause for everything. And that's insanity, right? And what they're doing now is they have another chemical, which is not the antidepressant, it's the narcotic. The narcotic doesn't make your pain go away, it just makes you not really give a crap that you have pain. Right? It gets you totally stoned and you get addicted to it and all of a sudden your, your normal centers of euphoria are not normal and you got to keep taking these drugs or stronger drugs to get that point. Do you understand that? Yeah. So what's happening now is now we're having the leading cause of death in the United States is overdose from opioids for people under the age of 50. Did you know that? Americans under the age of 50, leading cause of death is opioids. What's the number one reason they're prescribed an opioid? Back pain. Do you understand that? So I look at it and I go, right now, from a marketer's viewpoint, right now is the time to change this because the drug companies went too far. They became, for the first time, the leading cause of death, and everybody knows it. And what do they get a leading cause of death for? For what we treat, a physical problem. Do you understand that? So if these chiropractors knew that, we could appeal to their duty side. Look, you could change healthcare. You could save these people. And you could, at the same time, create something that you could manage with systems which would buy you more time. Do you understand that? Yeah. They cannot afford to not go down this path. Some of them are in such bad shape, they have to start off you know, learning something like from CBA or TBA, learning how to run a basic business just to make enough money to go down this path. But every one of them needs to go down this path because what we're treating is the second most common cause of disease. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So I, does this help? Yes. I just wanted you guys to know this because that's why we're doing what we're doing. We're buying these guys time so they can become the maestro of the future of healthcare.